so dreamy. Welcome to episode 22 of the Self-Consciousness Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Way. And today, along with Jermaine Jenkins, we welcome Shimona Stokes. Finally, Shimona! If you've listened to us for a while, you've no doubt heard us shout her out from time to time. So we are so thrilled to share some special moments including Jermaine and Shimona meeting for the very first time. So we were so excited to share these moments with you. Um, I did some heavy editing on this episode just to keep a smidge of privacy as this conversation definitely veered into some more personal things. So hopefully I've managed uh, some cohesion. Shimona is a Jersey City-based artist whose sculptures and mixed-media paintings explore the imaginary figures and landscapes of the subconscious. Shimona is a close friend, and I hope you find her as as inspiring, excuse me, as I do. Thanks, guys. Yay! Good to see you! Hi, Jermaine. Hey, Shimona. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice to finally meet you. (laughs) Hey, Jen. Hey. This is awesome. Oh, my goodness. It's so good to see your faces. In this moment. Yeah. In the moment. (laughs) Happy Friday, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, I love that I can now see everybody. It's nice. (laughs) Oh, all right. How are you guys? Good. Good. We had a little technical difficulty, so I'm glad we were able to make that work. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what happened? I think we always have technical. No, we just like the volume thing with Zoom. We were I had to get my husband to he's good at this stuff. I'm I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to use the remote control for the TV. There's like three of them and I'm just like. banging all the buttons <laughs> <laughs> something will work exactly. <laughs> just banging them on each other yeah. <laughs> maybe if they're close together one will help oh wait a second my dog somehow snuck in here let me get him out of here one second yeah, yeah, yeah. No i love little french bulldog tappy taps I- welcome shimona Yay! Yay! thank you so much for having me you're finally here <laughs> <laughs> How many months have you had this podcast going now? We started in January. Wow. So I think I just had to like work up the nerve, you know? Because oh. like she's so like Jen is such an amazing like speaker. And I'm yeah. just listening to all these and I'm like, one day I'll get the courage to come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that day is today. It Yay. Is today. No better day than today. Yeah. No. I was going to say there was something like weird about the number two today, but Mm. um, I let that one out because I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, What I did notice today, Shimona, is that you and I have, okay, here's the number two. Like we've only known each other for two years, really, which is really weird. And it's almost to the day, two days off. Really? (laughs) Oh my God. That's true weird yeah and we always talk about how like we feel like we've known each other since we were little kids like Mm -hmm. if we were friends on the playground like we would just be like buds you know what i mean we would have been the little weirdos off in the corner like saving the worms burying them back under (laughs) 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 
How did you know that I did that? (laughs) (laughs) And Jermaine would have been like looking out for kids who were trying to like poke fun at us. He'd just be like, look, he'd be like joining in. He'd also be like, it's time for you to like move on. Like any bullies like coming to step to us. And I think like (laughs) I had a friend like that in fifth grade named Dina. She was like just this tough girl. And I was like super nerdy and skinny. And she, she would like, kind of walk around and like kind of protect me from like the bullies on the playground which was so sweet Aww. you know so we, we all we all kind of need people like that yeah right? shout out to dina wherever yeah, she dina wherever you wherever, are thanks yeah. girl <laughs> <laughs> so, jermaine before i assign you that role um okay. <laughs> was that a role that you ever took on in actuality that i'm not projecting on you <laughs> um no Actually, I never, t- <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm trying to think, like, I, I don't think I've ever saved anybody. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it, my, my upbringing was very weird. Like, uh, it, it was either um, I was being bullied or I was bullying and vice, you know, and, and not my whole upbringing, yeah. but like, I, I can't remember, like, ever beating up somebody for somebody else, for myself, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I still but, want you on my side. Yeah, I, I will protect you, you guys. <laughs> I will protect you guys, but yeah, or, um, I shouldn't say guys. I got to stop saying that, right? I, I say that like, all the time. I say it all okay. the time. It feels okay. Yeah, right. It feels warm. It yeah, right. You know. Yeah, okay. And I'm like a Jersey girl, so there I grew up saying like you guys and you know, <laughs> and and I've been trying to be better about that. You know, when people yeah. see, I said it. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey, which is like right in the middle of New Jersey, right by Rutgers University. And I lived in a very, you know, suburban town and we lived on a very quiet street with a little forest and a river. And there was like an abandoned convent at the end of the street, like a well and a gazebo. And so it was just like a very magical little nook in a boring suburban town so i I really now i appreciate where i grew up a lot you know yeah oh that's funny i i never appreciated where i grew up um i grew grew up in in, on trenton Mm -hmm. i'm trying to say it because when you grow up there you say trenton Mm -hmm. Uh, oh i saw the harlem globetrotters play there a couple years ago really see that that did not Strange. happen when I grew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that's cool. We all had a privilege, pro- probably not a similar upbringing, but we're all like in the tri-state area. So there's like this commonality of mm-hmm. growing up at a certain time before the internet in like a yeah. suburb of New York City, you know? So there's yeah. Something going that into ties the everybody city. together. Yeah. Right? yeah. I remember I, I used to do that a lot. Um, we would... I would sneak out of the house in high school at like eight at night when my parents would start going to sleep and I would take the train into the city and just walk around and meet people and go dancing and then come back on the last train out of Penn Station and kind of hop back into bed and and nobody knew. So that was my little. That is also the last train out of Penn Station. I remember those. I remember waiting at Penn Station and missing that last (laughs) train and being like, fuck, now I have to wait till 5, 14 (laughs) a.m. Hung over and smelling like smoke. Exactly. Sbarro's pizza. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. 
that was horrible but lovely at the same time yes good times <laughs> 90s right 90s yeah. <laughs> so two years jen that's the crazy boomers. yeah two years and two and two days actually yes yeah, so- we met i literally looked at my calendar we we met on june 9th june 9th wow, yeah. wow. it's now june 11th yeah yeah Jen and I met um, because she was my Reiki 2 partner yes. oh, in Jersey two. City. And I didn't know her before. And I'm so glad that we met on that day because I feel like, you know, that was a two or three day learning experience, just me, her and our teacher. And yeah. I feel like it's a very intimate sort of setting and you're really learning about somebody else and you just become bonded in a situation like that and after that we just became just just really good friends and I feel like Mm -hmm. Jen has been so amazing throughout this whole pandemic because she's just like a great friend you know she checks in on you where Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something I don't know about you guys but during this pandemic I've just really learned a lot about friendship and Mm -hmm. in each other's lives for a short time long time your whole life uh so you can't really regret the uh friendships that may have dissolved during this time exactly and i i'm learning to just look at them and say hey maybe these these will come back stronger later on and that's happened to me in my life too like where i've sort of a connection has dissolved and then it's popped back up again even stronger than before so that's good you know (coughs) a lot of learning experiences it's like a a wart yeah exactly so poetic (laughs) sometimes you you can dissolve it you can you can freeze it off Mm -hmm. but yeah it might grow back (laughs) strong roots (laughs) (laughs) you're like uh like you're i feel like you're you're my little fairy i don't know and it sounds horrible i don't like any of those words together <laughs> i like, like fairies are mine cute. you know oh. like that creepy kind of i'm gonna put you in my pocket i'll take it <laughs> but i i mean i what i love when i met shimona is that like i love that she was she had been in corporate america she was working as a designer graphic designer right mm-hmm. and then she made she made the, the bravest transition anyone could make. She made a very brave transition into being an artist, visual artist, um, ceramics, painting, everything. I feel like you're always making art and it's so inspiring to watch you and to be your friend. And Aww. like, I, I'm so inspired by how you've got a, it's like, it's funny because you just posted a video about, um, your work with the kiln and kind of this new these new pieces that you're making and I'm like you know it's it really she has this this fire that's like always burning and it's so consistent and she's always moving she's always doing something and then when she's taking breaks it's like she knows how to kind of do that in the right way like you you've just been I I feel like you're such a great role model for my inner child (laughs) that's that's the nicest thing that anyone could say so I Thank you so much for saying mm-hmm. that. That's so sweet. And I really appreciate that. And it's taken me, and I'm still learning, but it's taken me 41 years to sort of learn how to take breaks and how to feed my own inner child to do these things that mattered to me. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I was 
I was so interested in art. Like I would come home and the first thing I would do is I would run into the living room and there was a little bench and I would sit there and I would just draw for hours on that like 80s computer paper that was like, yeah. you know, had the holes and you could just make a giant horizontal sheet. So I would make these scenes of Alice in Wonderland and I was obsessed with Disney and, you know, it was, it was just an escapism for me because it wasn't the greatest environment growing up. It, it was tough for me. So I would use drawing as my antidote for whatever rough stuff was going on in the world and awkwardness in my family life and things like that. So that that was like a big part of my life until maybe middle school where you sort of forget about all that stuff and you just want to be like everybody else and you start doing sports and you want like boys to like you and all of those things. So Kind Going of out to the pushed. city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was super nerdy and like, I just felt so awkward. And I just kind of abandoned a lot of these things that brought me joy, you know, like painting and drawing and playing in the woods and making mud pies and things like that. All of that stuff, I think, got really suppressed for my whole life. And I did go to art school, but I didn't feel like I was connected. I didn't feel like I was connected to making art from a pure place. I was just mm. kind of going through the motions. And it was really until maybe six years ago where I had been freelancing in graphic design for like a really long time. It had been maybe eight years and doing that profession for 16 years where I started to get all these pains in my body from all the deadlines of being in advertising and branding and sitting at the computer for 10 hours straight, just like cranking on it, that I was just fed up. And it's always an emergency with graphic design and advertising. Always. And there's like yeah. producers like always hey, an emergency. Always <laughs> life or death. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Could you have told me this like on Monday, like not at Friday at 6 p.m., you know? So it was that in a combination of, uh, you know, we bought this house, my husband and I, and we had all these problems and we were losing all this money. And it was right before the elections with Donald Trump. And I was so stressed out. I'd lost all this weight and something just exploded. And I took this ceramics class after work and I had started meditating and I had my first Reiki session. All of these things kind of made this meatball that pushed me really fast into what I was supposed to be doing instead of just kind of humdrumming along, you know, yeah. it just pushed, it kicked me, it pushed yeah. me off a cliff, you know, and it hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped. <laughs> just, that is awesome. It, uh, like, Oh, it, look, there's another cliff. Boom. It, yeah. It's yeah like there's, a, there's constant cliffs. It's constant cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like, I discovered that this creating art and going on hikes and being connected to nature and incorporating the two nature and art and clay and all of these things, not only are they really therapeutic for me, but I feel like a lot of these things are therapeutic for everyone. And I really hate that people say, oh, I'm not an artist or I'm not creative. No, you are. Like when you were a child, you were so creative and all of you, all of us are. And I feel like I hate when people think that artists are these like 
ooh, special creature. No, you're not. Everybody can make something and it doesn't have to be this amazing piece of art. It's just, how does it make you feel when you're making it? Do you Mm -hmm. feel like you're in flow? Do you feel like you're having fun? And so I really love when I see somebody like a I work with children sometimes and even adults when they are lit up by that spark and they're they're rediscovering who who they were as a kid. It's really it's really fun to watch. Yeah. God, I love that. I love it so much that my daughter took classes with you <laughs> and we've worked together. We've collabed. Sorry, like to really? use the IG lingo. Well, we collabed. Oh, oh um, me and you. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah for um for like we sort of joined programs where someone that I was working with wanted to work on art so you worked with them and and kind of like offering services kind of like in conjunction it was really it was so cool to to do that and to you know tap back into intuitive art making um not from the head but more from the heart and that's something that I'm I'm really interested in is to how to shut the brain off and to get back into that spot where you're creating just from this pure sense of making something. And your daughter was amazing. She's so creative and it's great to watch kids because most of them just jump right into that process. But for adults, it's a very, they might feel exposed or really, Ooh, like, I don't know if I can do this, but yeah. once they get over that hump, you can really see them tuning out, out everything else and really getting into the zone. Yeah. It's so I, funny because it, sorry. No, you're not, go ahead. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's always like the barrier to everything in a flow state is this distrust of like oneself. And, and it's because we're just so inundated with messaging urging us to look outside instead of in you know definitely we're bombarded with it and yeah you have to be listen to this podcast all the time you all the time all the time (laughs) 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 the equivalent of a sound swirling yes like it's just too much. There's too much mm. stuff everywhere. There's too much everything. And we're not meant to take in all this not. information. No. And it short circuits your nervous system. And, um, you know, when I started making artwork, I realized how much time I was wasting before watching television. When I had my other job, I would be just so burnt out that I'd come home and I would to have a little whiskey or bourbon and I would watch like the stupidest television I would watch the real housewives of New Jersey and I would waste all this time just drinking my bourbon I mean to be fair though yeah that was a good it is it good. is a good distraction <laughs> it is <laughs> but like I start I stopped watching tv for the last few years I watch it a little bit when I drink my morning coffee I'll watch like a little bit in the news to see what's going on but that I turned off and also Instagram I need it for my business which I love it for that but it's also hella annoying and Mm -hmm. I I have this like mostly hate but a little bit of love relationship with it where (laughs) sometimes I just go off of it for a few weeks and I'm like ah (laughs) gotta get out of here (laughs) exactly well I was going to say that um uh like when I was younger I used to be super into art, drawing, um, collaborating with my best friend at the time, who was uh, going to be a fashion designer. And uh, it stopped at some point. And recently I tried to go back to it because I used to, like I have tattoos that I drew myself um, from when I was like 19, but that that insecurity popped up. Cause like I was just sketching and I was like, oh, 
Um, and I was trying to do like Harlequin. Um, and it's like, oh, the nose is not coming out, right? So I'm, I'm racing and uh, eventually, I didn't. I never settled into, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back to where I can settle into that love of it, like you mentioned. Uh, but I was totally in my head to the point where like I threw away a couple sheets of paper and then I just mm-hmm. stopped and went on to something else. Um, but yeah, like I bought a whole like little art kit with pencils and charcoal pencils, stuff that I've never worked with before, just to doodle, just to kind of get back to that. Um, the feeling I used to have when I used to draw. And Good for you. Paint. I love that you bought some plots, some supplies and are, you know, trying to integrate that back in. That's awesome. I'm trying. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. I, I got some extra time right now, but it's uh, it's still hard. I'm in my head. Like, yeah, because I kind of feel like um, I was so I did. I was doing so well when I was younger with drawing. I, I could draw people. And then when I stopped, it kind of lost all those. I'm rusty now. So it's like when I was drawing, it's like, oh, this is crap. It doesn't look good. I can't show anybody this. But yeah. Do I'm you feel that imperfectionism is something that yeah. has been a block for you while you've been drawing? Like it's not the perfect nose or it's not the perfect line. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know where, like I, I can see it in my head. I know where I want to go, but because uh, it's not the, the first two times I put the pencil to the paper, it's not coming out the way I want it. It's just like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the moment's passed, but it's not. And, uh, you know, thank you for, for showing me that this morning. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it, it is for, it has been for me, that's for sure. And I, I grew up with, uh, I would say a bit of OCD of perfectionism because I'm learning and I've learned that perfectionism, a lot of people have that when they grow up and they don't have a sense of control and they don't feel safe. So they try to control different things. Mm-hmm. And And for me, that was very true. Like I would go to bed when I was a little kid and I would perfectly fold all the sheets down and I wouldn't want to move to disrupt the sheets so that they would be perfect in the morning. And so I, you know, maybe a few years later, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this anymore. But it's just an example of how these behaviors maybe start in childhood and then they kind of trickle into whatever we're doing. And Mm -hmm. it trickled into my art process too, because I would want to before I was very realistic in my drawing and it's completely opposite now. Everything's really loose, messy watercolor and clay. And I'm all about like wabi-sabi and imperfection. But before, in when I was in art school, we would have to draw all these old master drawings by hand, like, you know, Rembrandts oh. and Durer's and all of these things. And it's, I would spend hours just getting these little lines perfect and it's just not fun. Maybe yeah. some people think that's fun and that's great. But for me, I didn't think that was fun. Why was I drawing that way? You know, I have no idea. Just- I remember I, I took an art class in college and we had to do a figure drawing, but we couldn't look at our paper. It was so hard. Yeah. And you, you basically just couldn't look at your paper and you had to just practice that. Like Blind contour drawing. Did you like that, that end result? That's what it was. Uh, I like where I went in that class. Yeah. Like I definitely have some stuff that I still like some, it was all figure drawing and I was like, yeah, I was very uncomfortable, but it was, but it was like after, you know, after you get over the discomfort of like 
you know, old naked people. Like right. you're fine. Because, yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. the most awkward part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I, that was the worst part, but it's like, once you get into the flow of it, um, yeah, there's one piece that I had that was, that I was actually really proud of. I look at now and I'm like, Oh, wow. That was, you're that was actually, cute. I remember we did a little for make your own fertility statue demo at my house. And it was me and Jen and one of our other friends, Tammy. Yeah. And I was really impressed by your sculpture. You're pretty good. <laughs> I, I used to love art. I used to love, my dad was really in he my dad's a really good artist he's like a really good painter um and he always worked in and around art like the retail end mm -hmm. um and then his last job i think before he re retired was uh like art supplies so we would always have art supplies around and then i always grew up making things and mud pies and yeah. like but I was always drawing. I was always sculpting. I remember my mom used to drag me to the beach every single day over the summer. Like after a day or two, it's like, it just gets old. So I would get like hunks of clay and just kind of sit in the shade and like, and sculpt and stuff. But I mean, sculpture, I used to love. And, but I think it was that, that perfectionism that I was kind of like, oh man, like I, it, this is not the way, like what you said, Jermaine, like I have this picture of it in my head and I just can't recreate it. And then for me, I discovered like video and audio. And mm. so that's what, what I went into in school because I was like, okay, so this is like my new kind of art. That's and I liked documentary. Expression. Yeah. I liked documentary. I liked video artists. I liked all of that kind of stuff, but um, yeah. So <laughs> that's, it's, it's great that you found your, your mode. Then I became expression. like, a receptionist for 20 years and I got a little sidetracked with that <laughs> you see path. we both were sidetracked for a really <laughs> long time but I think those are all learning good learning experiences that and I'm sure you like me like I bring a lot of my old graphic design skills into what I'm doing and I'm sure you also bring a lot of what you did before for sure for so sure. it's all it's all good it's all yeah. part it's of a good thing that I learned all that stuff beforehand otherwise I never would have started my own business Definitely. Like once right. I could figure out how to do all the boring stuff, because that's what I people paid me. I was like, I guess I thought if I'm going to do boring stuff, I might as well have people pay me for it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but the boring, and it doesn't scare me anymore. I think that was another thing. It was, it was like a very much of a mindset block. Totally. stutter there. Okay. I don't want to offend people who stutter. Sorry, Joe Biden. Um <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna cut all that out. Anyway. <laughs> mm. I used to stutter, but I know, I know. I that's why I was like, <laughs> no. I did too, actually. I, I did, did when I was public speaking. Yeah. It oh, yeah. just was fear bubbling so up. So hard know. to pull it back from from that point once it releases into mm -hmm. the stomach. It's like right. a fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to pull it back once it's released. <laughs> <laughs> releasing on this new moon <laughs> release let it go be so, so fart much yoga fart yeah. yoga I feel like when you release Jermaine and I have a release story I think we told it on the I think we probably already told it we told it on the podcast it's already really I basically burped and like into his mouth like unintentionally and, uh... it was really gross and, and I, I know that I've never heard of right? It was so intimate. But it, it's like, I know how he feels about that. And I know how I feel about that. And I was so horrified. No, You're still I, friends after that. It's amazing. Still, Your friendship survived. So oh. But no, Jen, I don't have any <laughs> no. burps. No. Uh, first of all, I, I burp a lot. 
but uh, burps and farts are funny to me, um, but not into my mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was funny because I was in the middle of a, of, of talking. Like chicken. Yeah, and she did it, and immediately I stopped breathing. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and we had to acknowledge it, but it was, it's hilarious. Every time I re I relive it, every All time right, she started, <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. <laughs> so whenever you're trauma dumping on your friends, you're essentially burping into their mouth pretty much. <laughs> you're taking it in and they have to taste it. <laughs> and we had Italian, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. And, and not the and good was, taste on the the way coming in, ew, the bad taste coming back gross. out after it's been somewhat processed. <laughs> Y'all are disgusting. <laughs> I don't know how it, it's something that happens in a movie, and I was like, this this just happened. Okay, sorry. It took like a good eight minutes for us to wrap our heads around it <laughs> because it was so funny and it was so horrible at the same time. Exactly. But yeah. But, yeah. It I mean, it just again. made our love stronger. <laughs> yeah. It definitely made my love stronger for you because I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is grounds for ghosting for sure. <laughs> as, long, as, long, as long as I'm clear. I know. Don't even clear. get me started on that topic. Oh, ghosting. <laughs> oh. We, we you want to talk about it? We can talk about it. You know, let's talk about actual ghosts. Ghosts. Why don't actual ghosts ghost you? What the fuck? Like, like leave ghosts. us alone. I, don't I like, like ghosts. ghosts. I, I mean, I, they, they need to go. They're the ones like, who need more to like ghosts. Casper the friendly ghost. Like, okay. I feel like a lot of my little creatures that I make are. Some of them are inspired by imaginary ghosts and fun little imaginary fantastical creatures. So. I, I love I love that pulling from that realm in in art. I think it's fun, and I yeah. think that it's I love playful. your your sculptures are. I think the first time I saw your sculptures, I had seen the one that. By the way, thanks, Sharon. <laughs> we never. I don't even think we said her name, but um, Sharon was our our chicken and Reiki teacher. She's um, not like a fairy godmother. She is. <laughs> she calls us her blissettes. So energetic <laughs> bliss for everyone in Jersey City and yes. outside of Jersey City. Shout um, out shout out but i loved your sculptures i think in your bio it talks about this period i think it was like 2016 to 2019 when when you really were just making all of these ceramics that were like a community for yourself it was like all these little beings and i i remember looking at this and we hadn't talked about the weirdo stuff although we knew we had an intro we were taking reiki together so obviously right. we're both open but um, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to like open that conversation with you because, but when I saw your sculptures, I was like, I've like seen these things. Like I've felt these things. It was bizarre. I love that you said that you felt them because that is the one thing that I'm trying to get across in whatever I make is that I want people to feel something when they look at a piece or hold it. Um, I don't really care at all about the cerebral academic end of all of this stuff. Yeah. I learned all that stuff and I respect and appreciate all of art history and all those white dudes. Art. Props to you guys for fighting the hard fight. All those white box galleries, like awesome. Good for you guys. Good for you. Thanks for being super sterile. Love that. But <laughs> I don't care about that at all. I'm really interested in how things make people feel. And 
I had a friend recently, another, he's a painter. He came to my studio and he looked at stuff and he said, wow, this is, a, he said, he looked at all the paintings and the sculptures and he said, wow, it looks like you went to a really dark place and you brought back some light. And I felt mm. like crying because that is what I'm trying to do because there yeah. is a lot of darkness and hard things that I have experienced in my life. And when you look at the work, it's very happy, but there is this darker thread throughout all of it. And I really, really, really dislike this like toxic positivity that I see everywhere mm -hmm. because it's not about just being positive all the time. It's about acknowledging the dark things you've experienced mm -hmm. and then transmuting it into something lighter. And that's what I'm trying to do with my artwork. I don't want to wallow in some of the harsher things I've experienced. I want to take that look at it, appreciate it, and pass it through me, through my artwork as a healing modality, and then create this art that hopefully someone else will see. It opens up a discussion yeah. and somehow trauma can get released like a fart, like we talked yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, my eyes are like watering as I listen to your beautiful like words. And then I love that you ended it with that. <laughs> me too. That's... That's my Shimona. That's me. I mean, That's I'm my, trying. I'm trying to. My shaman. This, this little, this year, this like last four years for me has been so difficult. And I think that if you were to look at just my Instagram feed, you wouldn't know that because mm, I yeah. don't share about all of the things that I go through. I just want to put out the end result because yeah. I believe in boundaries and privacy and all those things. Mm, but yeah. I think that it is really important for people to acknowledge the hard things they've experienced and to talk about them. And I think yeah. that even though COVID was a real shit show, I really think that it was amazing and that it cracked people open a little bit to start talking about these things rather than wearing these masks and pretending that everything's fine all the time. Cause it's mm -hmm. not, you're a yeah. human being and this planet is a shit show. Like yeah. it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The whole idea about cracking, you know, it's like we're, we have to break up things that have, you know, solidified around us, you know, just to, to get that movement. It's just like, it's a little like the ice, like just kind of melting and, and like cracking and like, we're coming out of it, the chrysalis or whatever. I'm going to mix all my metaphors again, <laughs> but you know, it's one of the things I love about it, you, you've inspired me to create because you've said i think last year when i made the youtube channel which was again it's it's like yeah we have to promote our businesses and stuff and like make content but it's like if you're going to make content you might as well do something that you like to do do something that is exciting for you to do so i was like okay i decided you know it's time for a youtube channel and i'll, I'll figure it out but you said something, and I've told you this before, but you said something that was just like so completely helpful. You're like, you're going to make a bunch, you're going to make them. And some of them are going to be really good. And some of them aren't going to be that great or like not so good. And it's going to be fine. And you're just going to keep doing it. And I was like, what? Yeah. Huh? Like it really, um, it sounds so stupid, but it was like, no. It was just not part of my language yet, really. Like I could see how other people push through things, but I, I, you know, I very much give up on, on a lot of things. Like I'll start up stuff and, but I'm, I mean, I know I'm also a Gemini and I'm kind of like, Ooh, 
bright and shiny object. Ooh, bright and shiny object. <laughs> wait, oh wait, look over there. There's another one. So it's like, I, I know that, you know, because I, I can't get into stuff too much. So I've learned to kind of like, I can't be like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I have to be like, I'm going to commit to this for a year. And then if it's only six months, okay, it's only six months, but, but I want to commit to it. So that really helped me kind of just get myself out there and accept that even if I put something out that wasn't, that wasn't like not as great as the last one that I put out, it's okay. And I actually look back at them. I mean, yeah, I still cringe a little but but like I do half cringe, but I also half like gush when I see the videos because I'm like, oh, you know, didn't really know what I was talking about in that one, but I'm really glad that I did it. Like, I'm glad that it's out there because I also feel like something in there will get through to someone at some point, wherever they are on their journey. And I'm just going to leave them up there. I love that. But, and, and like, that was a, that's a really big deal. I think for me to like keep moving with stuff. So like you're, you inspire me to just kind of like keep doing it and like not have to worry if it's perfect. And you told me the story about one of your sculptures where it, and I think it was like, maybe it had just like, you were selling it and like, I don't remember this one, but you were like, oh, that actually came out completely different. And I like fastened it on cause it broke. And can you, can you yes, tell everybody that story? Yes. I love I, that I, story. First of all, I, I love that you listen to whatever I said. Cause I don't know what I'm saying half the time and it actually <laughs> helped you. So that's, that's awesome. Friends do. And, and she passes it on. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> and I do, I'm, I think a lot of what I do is now based on spontaneity and whatever is in the moment that happens because it is so antithetical to how I was before I was so type A. Yeah. So I was working, this is kind of when I just started working with ceramics and I wasn't really familiar with clay. I spent all this time making all these little flowers and the super intricate sculpture and it was a commission for somebody. And I was almost done and like the whole top thing just fell off and plopped onto the table and I froze. I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and my husband came down at the time I had a studio in my basement and he just looked at it, took the two pieces and he was just like, Meh? and he put it on backwards on top and it looked so amazing. And it was so cool because it was taking a mistake and playing with it and rolling with it. And just in that moment, what can you do to salvage something? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if he, if he did that, if I would have made that same decision, I don't think so, but it was a really interesting learning for me. So now whenever something breaks, which it happens quite a lot with ceramics, um, things kind of explode in the kiln or, you know, it's very finicky sometimes. I just roll with it. And I even now force breaks. I, in all mm -hmm. my works, a lot of them have forced cracks, forced breakages, and I highlight those things. I don't run away from them. And it's another point for me that perfectionism is complete crap and bullshit. You know, I just, yeah. I love imperfections. I love seeing a human's hand in the work. I hate things made only by robots. You know, yeah. I tried 3D printing and I thought that was cool with ceramics and I'm open to that. But at the same time, I don't want to have hundred percent automated artwork. No, thank you. Yeah. You know, I want handmade. I want to see humans talking. I don't want them to, I, I totally hate now how everybody is just all about this stupid phone and all yeah. people don't, don't want to like hang out anymore. And I know that there's a pandemic, obviously that affects things, but I think that community is so important and 
long conversations. I love this podcast because mm. we're sitting here looking at each other and talking yeah. like human beings. And yeah. that's really important. Yeah. And by the way, her book, Horn of Plenty, is on sale now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about my little book. Yeah, I made a, I made a, I made a little this book. This is why it's, this is that podcast that the, the guest forgot about the book that she actually created and released last year. <laughs> this is why you're listening to us because we're here for heart first. We're not here for, you know. Yes, it's all about your your tiny beating heart yeah <laughs> well the well, it, there yeah. is a whole like evolution of this unicorn thing like when i was little i had unicorn. this unicorn nightlight and, it, and part three the part unicorn three <laughs> and i i used to have it in my room and it, it's kind of sad like i don't i said i did a kickstarter uh maybe two years ago about this unicorn nightlight it has a broken horn and i did this kickstarter because i wanted to recreate the unicorn with a giant horn and the real story which i really never told anyone about this was when i was about nine years old i would have this light on in my room and I would make wishes on it all the time. And it was because I was really lonely and my parents used to argue all the time. And I would wish like, oh, I wish my parents would get along. I wish I had a normal family because my dad has autism and he's a hoarder. And I grew up with like all this junk all around my house and it was just super difficult. And mm -hmm. it put me into this space where for many years in my childhood, I felt extremely isolated to the point where I wasn't suicidal at all, but I was, I would call it like death adjacent. I felt like I was in this weird limbo spot where I didn't really want to be here for many years and I never told anybody. And so I would wish on this unicorn, all like make all these wishes. And then one day the horn broke and I was kind of devastated. And I went into the woods by my house and I was just kind of really sad and I didn't want to be on this planet and I was maybe like nine or ten years old and I felt this presence and maybe it was me or a spirit of my higher nature or whatever it said keep going keep going and it said as long as you have the forest and nature you're going to be okay mm -hmm. and so I this like notion got stuck in my head as long as you have like nature you can go there and you can get refilled when you feel sad. And I carried this little sculpture around with me, this ceramic sculpture my whole life. And when I started making ceramic pieces again, I made this little unicorn sculpture with a giant horn symbolizing like connecting to higher, higher realms or your higher spirit or God, goddess, whatever you <laughs> yeah. believe in. And then someone bought that piece. And then two years later, I did this Kickstarter because I was like, you know what? I want this thing to be giant. It's got a big energy. I want it to be seven feet tall. I raised $14,000. I've never done anything like this before. And I was super grateful to all the people. And then we had a big show in Texas where my husband and I drove the sculpture and all of the like 50 little pieces I made. And we created this shrine dedicated to the imagination. And I think when you looked at that shrine, you would say, oh, this is a like, it's not a children's shrine. It's something else. It's, it's about reconnecting to your imagination, which for me is a, like a very 
magical space. And I hate that word magical, but it is, it's not just like children, airy fairy stuff. It's your higher nature. Like you can envision who you want to become in your imagination. And then you can step into that person. And I did that as a child. We were poor. I was ugly. I had buck teeth. My hair was falling out. Like, no, I was, it was so hard. And I was like, one day I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this. And I don't care what people say. Like, (laughs) I'm a fiery little Aries little bitch and I'm going to do it. (laughs) And so it just like, it kind of popped open and all these things that seem so unrealistic, like, oh, I'm going to make a giant seven foot unicorn and someone's going to buy it. Someone did buy it and they're making a shrine for it in the woods. And we use the money and we're creating a grant for young women of color and like, Not that I'm so great for doing all this stuff because all these people helped me, but that all these things are possible if you believe in yourself. And it does sound like super Disney and cheesy, but it is really true. Like if you believe in your dream, then it will happen. And it's not easy. It doesn't just like come together, but you have to just solidify it in your imagination, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jen, she, she kind of whispered, damn. Yes, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm feeling too. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I identify with your story because like when I was that age too, like, yeah, like I, I didn't have a unicorn, but I, my, you know, I would pray like, I don't know if I really want to be here, but I wasn't, you know, like you said, suicide adjacent. So, um, but wow. A lot of people, I think, feel that way. They're just, yeah. this is a harsh place if you're not... I don't know, happy idiot, I guess. Like yeah. there's that whole thing about being the happy idiot where you're just kind of walking around and everything's great. It's not great. And but it's a beautiful place, this place. You have to just accept that you're here and yes. take each day as it comes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to play. You have yes. to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And and this for me, the last six months has been extremely difficult extremely you know I won't even get into all of it there's so many different things that have been going on in my life and that I have been using joy as a muscle it's not something that I wake up every day and I'm like yeah woohoo, let's go <laughs> finger paint you know it's not like that it's some days I wake up super grateful and joyful but other days I'm like god what I can't deal with this and I seek out joy in my practice and when I go to the studio, sometimes I don't want to be there and I seek it out and I'm trying to find joy in what I'm doing so that it keeps me in this like higher level of existing and being and thinking and trying to get above all the negativity everywhere and all the name calling and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. Like it's just too much. And so I'm really seeking it out as a form of like keeping myself protected i guess you know that's so huge it was actually my new moon intention yesterday was was to just constantly find myself doing things that are fun doing things that are celebratory being around people who are playful joyful jubilant like that came into me you know i i want jubilance I like that word. Is that a word? Yeah. I like, I want it that for the night. I love it. I want it. I want jujubes, smarties, <laughs> and M&Ms. But like, I want that this summer. Like, I really, 
want that. And, and I, I feel like I know that I haven't been, there's so many layers of kind of like what I would put out. Um, and usually those layers are a distraction so that, you know, like I can kind of sit, sit back a little, I, I have to embody a little bit stronger in order to, to do that. Cause I'm like, I, I really want to enjoy this body. I want to enjoy the gift that my ancestors gave me. They gave me this body. And I think for me, it's like, it's like, I, I also want to be that creation. You know, it's like if I, and, and I'm doing a lot of work to kind of unblock that as well. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, that, that my crew does. <laughs> We're constantly looking at experiences, trying to drill down to sources of confusion, sources of discomfort, sources of, um, you know, whatever it might be, you know, so that we can clear it out and then, and then step into a little bit closer embodiment with, you know, whatever that divine part of us is, which is a huge part of it. Wow. And I just want to get naked and show it to everybody. <laughs> hot, hot goddess summer. Hot goddess hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> or just hot sweaty do summer. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> God, that's why hot, I love Jen. Hot, she's loaded just like, summer. She's just funny. She just doesn't take it all so seriously. And I love that about her. You know, like a lot of these, uh, a lot of spiritual people, I, I, I run away. I run away like so fast. I can't even take it because it's so serious and so holier than thou and annoying. And I love Jen because she just like makes the funniest jokes about all this stuff and sees the humor in all of it because it is funny. It is funny. Like all of this funny <laughs> I mean like we we were having this conversation I think like with Ryan even like about guides and like your guidance voice it can be really funny sometimes mm -hmm. you know like it's humor and you know I think humor is like one of the greatest gifts we we can have I literally was explaining this to my son this morning I was like there's a job that you can have called stand-up comedian because and the reason is because like he told me a joke today that I was like so like I was so proud <laughs> so um and he's not super proud of this joke because he said it was a dad joke but it was pretty funny um I was like I tried to exercise yesterday and he goes how did it work out get uh. it <laughs> <laughs> that's for like a good five minutes i'm like this is your future you're gonna do this you're gonna make money and you're gonna be in movies and then i was like okay hold hold back <laughs> where we like got a proud mama go. moment i know i was like Ugh. i did start them out in modeling like when there were babies and then i felt myself turned into like a no smile like we like talked a, about like stage and mom like, oh no yeah i was like done nope can't do this. <laughs> Don't ever want my kids to be in that business. So self-aware, you're like, nope, this isn't gonna go well. I know <laughs> done. Exactly. I was like, this is our it, last audition. That's so funny. I started out doing like little acting things when I was a kid too. You like did. I loved it. Like I every tri-state area yes. child. I was take the train to the take city. Take the train. It was more <laughs> just like local stuff. Like I loved being in plays and uh, singing oh. and dressing up. And then 
And then I think in middle school, I wanted to be Wednesday Adams. Oh, you know, oh my God, why not? That's so perfect. It's kind of, kind of me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and I was getting up for tryouts and all the eighth graders were whispering and they were like, and it was one of the most humiliating moments of my life because they were like, they said I was a scab, which is like the meanest thing. I don't even know what that means, but oh basically they didn't want me, the like nerdy seventh grader to even try out for this thing. They wanted Aww. one of the popular eighth grade girls. Yeah. So I immediately felt my throat close at that moment. It went oh like, my God. and then oh from that God. moment on for the next, I don't know, 30 years, I couldn't speak publicly. I couldn't sing karaoke. I couldn't like, um, I'm not a shy person, but when I'd have to talk to like a, the boardroom at an ad agency meeting, yeah. I would let someone else do it. And the thought Damn. of even doing a podcast maybe six years ago would horrify me. So I really worked yeah. on that through yeah. Reiki and just being very observant of like, when do I get shy? When do I get scared to undo all of that childhood trauma that yeah. happened with that one and moment? To trace wow. it back to that one moment. So this is the work, everybody. Like yep. this is the constant process of like, why did I just shut down right now? Oh, when was the last, when was the first time I felt this? And then yep. going all the way back to that moment. And then like, you know, given that, that child a hug. Exactly. Fuck, man. That's hard work. All that's this stuff. Rough. Just like tracing it back. Like you said, that's something that I, I do. And I absolutely help other people if they they're open to it. Yeah. I always ask like, when was the first time that you remember feeling this way? And it, you know, it's usually from childhood. It's not always, but a lot of times yeah. it is. And that little child still exists somewhere and you have to look at that child and let it know that it's okay and let it come out of hiding and, and shine some light on it. And yeah. you really do feel the results in the present moment when you do this work, like of things releasing and opening. And, and I don't want to be scared of stuff. Like, I don't want to be yeah. scared to talk. I don't want to be scared to sing. Like I sang karaoke with my friend the other day and I was like, you hey. know, I have a kind of nice voice. It's not yeah. shitty. I like it. I'm going to sing this freaking karaoke song, whatever. Wait, uh -huh. wait, no. Wait, which song did you sing? I sang so many. I sang lots of like R&B songs from the 90s, but my favorite <laughs> song is Guns N' Roses Patience because it's a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and I can whistle. So it's like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I always secretly, well, I always say I hate karaoke because secretly I want to be be amazing at it so obviously i'm gonna make fun of it Say, yeah. isn't that funny how we do that yeah. you like i do that too i'm like oh yeah i can't be part of your crew well fuck you annoying. i'm gonna do it this way the opposite way I know. <laughs> so annoying how good they are I know. how desperately i want to sing just like i want to sing heart fuck that i you sing heart i sing heart it was not that great, but like she said, her range is all over the place. But I say, I was like, that's really hard. I sang alone. And I sang, oh, what else? The other one. Oh my God. <laughs> Never was constantly playing and playing in my, in my childhood home. Yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. My mom, Hart and Joan Jett. Those were big ones for us. Wait, you've never done karaoke? I've never done karaoke. Oh, you've oh my been God. in a band. You've been in like an R&B well, look at it, look at his face. <laughs> Have I? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know no, if I that's what I would call it. I'm, no, not really. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a little group, and then I was in choir. But yeah, no, I, I just didn't have friends that liked karaoke, so I never mm. did it. And then when I started getting friends who like karaoke, uh, I didn't think I would be able to do it. 
um, unless I was drunk. Mm-hmm. But and I then I stopped drinking, so I just haven't done it. But maybe yeah. we should all go one day when things get a little yeah. opening up a opening yeah. up a date, <laughs> <laughs> opening up a. Jermaine, we're opening up a portal right now. There we go. To our karaoke, but it'll be out. It's got to be. Is there outdoor karaoke? Like what's there happening? Be, New York got to be something. I mean, yeah. I know Jersey City had the Golden Cicada that's not open anymore, and they used to have karaoke. Right. But, you that's know, right. I'm sure there's another place around where we could find something. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. I God. would do it. God. Yeah. High school gym class. Ugh. Being yeah, awkward. Why? I mean, I guess it's horrible at the time, but it's a blessing later on. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. right? It just, yeah. I don't I know, so. learn some humility, kind of see what it's like to be on that side of the fence where you feel really weird and outcasted. And I think, I think it's good if everybody had a little bit of awkwardness growing up because then maybe they would have a little bit more empathy for other people, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. For true. And yeah, I, I do like this idea. I mean, we, you know, we come in trying to experience the opposite of where we want to go. I feel like, or we, we come into our lives in situations that are going to propel us and, and you can't, you know, you can't like propel forward unless you got that sort of inertia from being like held back. Is that the right word? Inertia? kinetic energy i don't know if it feels right to me right it feels if right it feels right yeah, it's the feels right, right thing synergy synergy <laughs> thinking outside the box <laughs> we're gonna circle back <laughs> oh corporate america you love corporate america oh, well. <laughs> So I was, you know what I've been rewatching, what? which is so worth it and so stands the test of time is Broad City. It's not even oh, that yeah. old, but oh yeah, that's so funny. Love it. In that times like so these, awkward and amazing. I know. <laughs> oh my god, it's just like a. I'm like, I'm like, I actually feel like this is a masterpiece. I remember like in the beginning, I was like, mm, eh. but then there were a yeah. lot of parts that I really like. Oh boy. They were like I, unabashedly themselves, which yes. I feel nowadays that's pretty common, right? People are saying things that they normally wouldn't have said before. It's really mm-hmm. exposing everywhere. Everyone's like, here, look at all this, you know? know? But back then, maybe that I feel like that show was doing things that we hadn't really seen before and yeah. being very authentic. And that word gets tossed around so much. But when someone is really just being themselves without like giving giving a literal like fuck about anything, it's yeah. awesome. Even yeah. if you don't even like like the art that they're making or the music, I'm just like, yeah, props to you. You're just doing you. Good for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like that could go either way. It can. Definitely. Whoa, definitely. But yeah. there is the part of me that respects like respects it, even if I am like, ugh, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> totally, <Sorry>. bro. <laughs> totally, bro. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, wow. We've we've covered so much. We've covered yeah. like sports. We've covered karaoke, puberty, puberty. Suicide. I thought you were gonna say you were gonna say pubes. I know. <laughs> farts, farts, burps, burping warts. in one's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> we've really covered it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We kind of got caught in a little, uh, everything just went so quickly because we were having fun. I know. I know. I'm like, now I'm like looking at this, but Shimona, thank you so much for coming on. 
Oh my yes. God. I love this. This was awesome. It was so fun. I felt yeah. hanging out and drinking a glass of wine outside or some coffee and I know, which we will be doing by yes. the way. IRL. Check your messages, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. We will be doing that in two weeks. By the Yay. Way. <laughs> Celebrate someone's birthday. Someone whose whose sign is not like the others. Two Aries <laughs> and a Gemini. It's three right. Aries and a Gemini. Oh, three I'm basic, Aries, yeah. yeah. I mean, though, those two signs get along so well. Like, yeah. Well, I've my... just basically picked three big bonfires to surround myself. With. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen uh, shares a birthday with my sister, yeah. and so I, and I just we all forgot and just realized it this year, but. Yeah. I it just totally totally makes sense that I'm friends with Jen and and Shimona being an Aries and Jen has totally so like before I even knew your Instagram knew who you were Jen was passing on the advice you would give um you are awesome Aww. and I'm so happy that I'm I'm getting to see your face and that in a couple of weeks I'll, I'll see you in person so Oh, I love that. And thank you so much. I'm so happy to have met you through Jen too. Like I, it's, it's so nice when you just meet someone and you're like, oh, they're just so sweet. And they're, you just know you'll yeah. be buds for yeah. like a really long time. So, yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see you guys. My plan worked. It did. <laughs> it did. And I, when she was talking about you, I didn't realize you was, you were an artist or a creative. And then when I like saw your Instagram, I was like, I like her. Oh, <laughs> she creates. I need yes. that in my life. Yes, we should. Uh, you, should, you guys should come to the studio and we can like make a mess and do something together. I would love yes. that. A little project. Aww. I would love that. Yeah. I've been wanting to have a couple little mini workshops and you know, like a friends gathering. Just come over and we'll do some fun stuff. I'm, it's like awesome. lonely right now. People yeah. still aren't coming out of the woodwork just yet. They're yeah. starting to, yeah. but people I'm, are very I'm eager. hesitant. They are, and I yeah. get it. I get it. But I'm, I'm ready. those people. But I'm, yeah. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. And, there's and, you know at your yeah. own pace, right? But yeah. Mm. yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. So fun. So good to see you. Good to see you. you too, really Jen. Great. Yeah.